The podcast this week is brought to you by DoorCountyTickets.com. Door County Tickets is an online ticket portal dedicated exclusively to Door County events like the Door County Beer Festival, the Peninsula Century Spring and Autumn Classics, and musical acts throughout the entire county. For more information, visit DoorCountyTickets.com. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? Good, good. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing really good. It's kind of the calm before the storm coming up here. Yeah, everyone's talking 4th of July. Everyone's sort of dreading it, but sort of loving all the, the dollars that'll be coming into the county in a week or so. Yeah, 4th of July, probably one of the biggest... At least top five up here in Door County. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, somewhere in that mix. Fourth of July, Memorial Day, Pumpkin Patch Weekend, which other people call Columbus Day Weekend, and uh, Fall Fest. Those are big ones. Right. Um, I know that we have a lot of stuff that we are doing for the 4th of July. Um, you had mentioned earlier that we were getting a bunch of photo submissions and stuff like that. Do you want to talk some of the cool stuff that you're going to see in the Pulse this week? Yeah. I mean, um, I think 4th of July, it's a good time for nostalgia. It is for me. And uh, so we've been putting out a call for old parade photos, old 4th of July celebration photos uh, from Bailey's Harbor, from Egg Harbor. We've got some great old ones from what used to be a kind of a Cherryland celebration parade that they used to do down down Third Avenue in Sturgeon Bay that's long since gone. And it's uh, there's some really great stuff. It's kind of amazing to see some of the, the lengths they would go to with the floats way back in the day, um, 1930s, 1940s up here. So yeah, it's just nice to, to just show that, that long history and see what people were doing. And you can also see some of the buildings in the background um, and how those have changed. Like you look at a, a picture from 1990 or 1970, and kind of remember some of those old businesses that were in place and some of the awful old hairstyles and summer fashion of Wisconsinite circa right. 1988. Yeah, I was looking through some of the pictures. It was cool to see. Um, th- there's a photo of the old gas station that was in Egg Harbor, which is gone now. Yeah, the old uh, Harvey Haynes station. Yeah, but to look at that and be like, oh, I know this place now and to see what it used to be or to see some of the same businesses are still in the buildings in Sturgeon Bay, even from back in the 70s. Uh, it, really cool stuff to look at. Um, now, in terms of events that are going on over the 4th of July, does does every place have its own fireworks or is like a, is there a fireworks to go to? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. When I was a kid, Egg Harbor had them and Bailey's Harbor and I think Gills Rock had them. And then it kind of it waned for a while. And I don't know if it was for insurance purposes or just like the communities didn't have the money to put them on. But Egg Harbor didn't have one for a long time and Fish Creek didn't have them for a long time. And I think it was really just Bailey's Harbor for a number of years there. And now it seems every community is is rocking some fireworks, uh, even down in, I think Maplewood has a fireworks show. So now you have options. When I was a kid, I remember being bummed out when Egg Harbor finally didn't have those because we'd, we'd sit at my grandma's porch and watch them from across the road in the middle of town. But yeah, there's stuff going on really like kind of July 2nd through the 7th or 8th. Yeah, the 4th of July really is kind of a week-long affair up here. I, I know that on the events calendar at DoorCountyPulse.com, you can you can track the 4th of July festivities all the way from, you know, Monday of next week through the to the weekend. Yeah, and if you look at the website now, if you look up uh, 2018 uh, Door County 4th of July events on DoorCountyPulse.com, it's got the full rundown of 
each each day, day by day, where the fireworks are, what communities have what going on, and when the parades are, which are all the big questions that everyone's looking to get answers for. You know, when I was growing up, I could actually see the fireworks on 4th of July from my front yard um, (laughs) because they were shot off at the high school in the parking lot, which wasn't too far. I used to walk to school. Um, But then as I got older, the trees that were kind of in the horizon line across from my yard got bigger and bigger to the point where when I was in high school and stuff, I couldn't see the fireworks anymore. Well, and now I will say this. The fireworks up here are a lot better than they used to be. When I was a kid, it would be like, wait a couple of minutes. They were trying to stretch a small budget out for a long show. So it probably would have been a really good eight minutes but it was stretched out over like 55. Now you actually get some really good fireworks displays up here. Right. And a lot of them launch from the water, from boats in the water, which I thought was interesting. I had never seen that before until I came up to Fearball for the first time no, last sure. year. Um, you know what? A couple of years ago, I was uh, when I was still living in Chicago, I was driving back up here and I think it was July 3rd. And it was really cool to come up from Chicago kind of at dusk because right about the time I hit Kenosha, it was right when all these different communities were starting to do their fireworks. And I would see them shooting up from uh, from the highway coming up. I'd see Kenosha over the horizon. Then I would see Racine and I'd see a bunch of Milwaukee. And over like an hour long stretch, I was watching all these different fireworks displays making my way up here. It was kind of a surreal scene. Um, and Chicago was actually, it, it's, it's so funny. A friend of mine used to say, I feel like the 4th of July, like Door County is where everybody should be on the 4th. It just feels right. Small town America, small town parades, small town fireworks and and food. And I didn't really get that until I had moved away. And, you know, the 4th is is great in the city, but everyone leaves. Um, Now, I shouldn't say everyone. There's still a ton of people there shooting off illegal fireworks. And it looks like a a war zone in the city and sounds like it. You don't really sleep for a long time. But... When you when you move away, you realize how special those little small town Fourth of July celebrations are, and I I immediately like that first year I, I felt really weird not being up here for the Fourth. Right. I know I, when I was living in the city, I would go back home for the Fourth of July because it just it feels right to be in that, you know, your local community or you know busting out the grill and cooking outside with your family. Mm-hmm. That's what feels right. Rather than I know back when I was younger, I would watch the fireworks in my yard, like I said, but. You know, my dad loves fireworks and would take us to these different locations. And that just doesn't feel as, I don't know, it doesn't feel right to to travel for it uh, unless you're in a place where you're going to get that same vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And up here, I mean, 4th of July to me is growing up and, and watching it from my, my grandmother's front yard. She would always be so pumped to see it coming through. She'd be so excited for the 4th. She had, you know, those awful 4th of July hats and sweaters and things. And, uh, you know, in, in Egg Harbor, it was always like the, the Main Street Market guys pushing their shopping carts through the as a float and doing their yep. sort of performance with their shopping carts. Um, the Camp David float, way back in the day, it was the Thumb Fun float where they would come through with the hearse and hand out free passes and all the kids would swarm it and chasing down candy and... In my case, also stepping in horse poop, chasing down candy. Sure. Humiliating myself. Is, that was great fun. Good, good. Um, what are your plans for the 4th this year? Yeah, I'll probably start out the day hitting up Bailey's Harbor. Um, right here from our Pulse office is a great viewing point for the, the Bailey's Harbor Parade. So probably be here for that. And then uh, I might bounce then, chase the parade over to Egg Harbor. We'll see how the, how the day goes from there. If uh, mainly... 
my priority will be finding a friend with a boat and somehow getting my way onto the water. Yeah, getting out on the water, definitely. I think I'll probably try to clean my grill up this week so that I can actually bust that out and maybe do some burgers and some brats next week. I figure that there's no better time than now to actually open it up and clean it back out from the winter. If I'm not going to do it now, I'm not going to do it at all. So (laughs) might as well get it ready for the fourth. You know what? And something else that's changed over the years is Back when I was running restaurants, the 4th of July during the day, even into the evening, really wasn't that busy because everyone was outside. Everyone was either at the beach, at the parades, or cooking at home. Now that so many more places have outdoor dining, especially in the Sister Bay area, but really throughout the county, um, my, my hunch is that a lot of these places are just busy all day because you can sit outside in the sun and feel like you're part of something rather than being cooped up inside like a mm-hmm. like a, the restaurant. But being out in the sun on the 4th of July is is where you want to be. Right. Well, outdoor dining has really exploded up here in the last couple of years. It seems like everywhere you go has some sort of outdoor experience. Um, probably a really great place to check that out would be the the restaurant where you can eat on the roof in Egg Harbor, right? Oh, like, sure. Right above the marina. Yep. Because I'm assuming they're shooting the fireworks off right in the marina. Yeah, that's right? probably, probably a fantastic viewing spot. That's right. a great point. Or even the Crest Pavilion. I would bet, I, I don't know this for sure, but I, we should check on that. But I would bet that they should have a viewing party there on that outdoor second story uh, deck that they have would have a tremendous view of the fireworks. Mm-hmm. I, even if they're not doing a particular event, I'm pretty sure that the upper, the upper level, the outdoor Is always balcony, open. Yeah, that's public access. So I think you can just get up there and watch from there if you want. Yeah, I was down there uh, yesterday actually doing some writing and research and gosh, what a fantastic facility. That place is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been there a couple times now. Um, I just think it's so funny that they have a Wii to play with for the kids up in the front, <laughs> the top area. Like that's their, it's a big open room. It's kind of their big banquet hall and they've got a, a big TV that you can plug into and they have a Wii tucked away in a cabinet for kids, you know, who want to play a game console that's 15 years old. I stopped in there and it it's so stunning because I, I grew up with the Egg Harbor Library downstairs from our apartment that was above what was then Stagecoach, which is now the Door County Nature Works Design Center. But the library was a little rented spot in that building. It was very dark, basically no natural light. And that's where we'd go for story time and stuff. We'd run downstairs and get yelled at and shushed. But um, now to see that that little town population, roughly 200, has (laughs) this incredibly beautiful facility that gets tons of natural light Mm -hmm. that also has that great viewing deck up top. It's got a great little children's nook full of games and, and books and there's TVs in all these different rooms, a business center in one of the rooms, great little reading areas, places to do some work. And then upstairs you have this great big hall. And when I stopped there yesterday, there was somebody just playing on the piano on the grand piano in there. And she was fantastic. And it wasn't a performance or anything. It was just somebody in there playing, I think. Right. Well, in public internet access, you don't, I mean, yes. something that you don't think of, but when you come up here, it, you you can be in a place where you can't get internet very easily. Um, I know I live in Egg Harbor and my internet connection is really spotty. So it's great to have a place with public computers where you can go check your email, get your work done, that kind of stuff. Um, and the, the banquet hall upstairs has been used for a bunch of events already. And it's a really great place to plan a meeting or to you know, have uh, an event. Um, I know Door Community Auditorium did their private viewing party for their season lineup there. Mm-hmm. Great location for that. As the sun goes down in Egg Harbor, you get a really good view of that. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, if, uh, if anyone listening to this is ever looking for remote workplaces while they're up here on vacation, I, I've been telling people that's where I would go to, to get work done. If uh, right. either in that little business center that they have 
or just hanging out if you need to do something late at night and you need a connection, which when I was coming up from Chicago would often be the case because my parents' house is similar to yours, your house where you don't always get great connection. That place is a fantastic place to get some work done if you need to. So moving along from the 4th of July, uh, another event that's going down this weekend is the third annual Door County Wine Fest. This is going to be in Sturgeon Bay this year, correct? Yeah, they're changing it up. It's been in Egg Harbor the last couple of years. Um, I know last year they had a they had a lot of rain on, on Wine Fest that kind of dampened spirits, kind of like what we had for the Beer Festival a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, they're taking it down to Sturgeon Bay, and I think it's based out of Martin Park this year. Okay. Um, the wine festival is being put on by the Door County Wine Trail. And that's um, eight of the wineries up here have kind of all come together to cultivate this, uh, you know, awareness and work with places like the Door County Trolley Company to create these wine tours and to really turn Door County into a wine destination. Uh, one of the things that's great about the location up here compared to a place like, you know, Napa for wine or, or the vineyards in California or Florida is that if you want to, you know, go to a place as a wine destination, there's a lot of travel time. But up here, you can hit all eight wineries in one day because they're all, you know, within the peninsula. Yeah, they're all squeezed pretty close together. In fact, like even Egg Harbor has, I think, three right there in uh, Simon Creek, not too far outside town. Right. Actually, four, because then you got uh, Door Peninsula Winery, Stone's Throw, and Harbor Ridge. Yep. All right there in Egg Harbor. And then not too far away, you have Lautenbach. So really, you have those five within... Yeah, you know, 15 minutes right. drive. Yeah, and if, if it is your goal to hit all of them, uh, like I said, the Door County Trolley Tour takes wine tours where you can do a tasting at each one of the wineries all in one day. So you get to try each one of them. And they're all a little different up here too. I know um, Door Peninsula Winery kind of specializes in fruit wines. And mm-hmm. then... Um, that's re- And that's the first one. Yeah. That's been around the longest. Right. Um, and then like Stone's Throw... Uh, tries to cultivate, you know, a a more robust palate with their wine. Um, so you can try a bunch of different types of stuff, and every winery is doing something a little different. And you've been, through your work uh, doing filming for Peninsula Filmworks, you've probably been in all of them at some point or another. Yeah, we, we did an Ardor County video. Um, Ardor County was a series of videos that we did for the Door County Visitor Bureau that all highlight different aspects of life up here. Um, and we did one on wine and all of the different wineries. So I've been in each one of the wineries. I don't think I've tried all of them, but I've at least set foot. <laughs> it's a working everyone. trip. Right. Exactly. It was a working trip. Got to keep that camera steady. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to talk to a lot of the people who are actually involved in making the wine, um, growing the grapes. Um, there's a lot of local grape growing up here. Talk about that a little bit. Like what did you learn in, in those trips, talking to the people making the wine, a lot of people would be like, well, do you, can you grow the grapes in Door County or do you have to ship them in or is it made here or is it made elsewhere and then shipped here? What, what kind of, is and like an overall summary, what did you learn? Yeah, on it, that it's kind of, um, it's a lot of both basically. Um, there are a lot of wineries who will import grapes and you kind of have to because you really can't grow enough up here to sustain your entire production. But then there are also wineries up here that do specific uh, types of stuff. So I know Lautenbach's, all of the grapes that they grow on property, they then put into uh, a number of wines that they have named after their grandkids. So if you go on, I know um, Audrey Grace is one of the wines that they have, and that's named after their first granddaughter. I know Door Peninsula Winery grows uh, a variety of grape for one of theirs. Uh, but then a lot of them do ship 
you know, grapes in from all over the country, California, Florida, New York, um, just because it, it's not feasible to to run your entire production line off of what you can grow here. Yeah. I know I was uh, earlier this spring, my wife and I went up to Washington Island and volunteered for a few hours to help uh, prune some of the vines at Gathering Ground Farm. It's a nonprofit farm up there. Okay. Um, and that helps supply a, a lot of the produce and and food for as the Washington Hotel. But they also, a lot of their grapes that they grow are used by Parallel 44 Winery. Okay. So that's a, the one I know of, of which like someone is making concerted effort to try and use some of those grapes from Washington Island in their in their product down in the Sturgeon Bay. And and don't quote me on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's... We're going to have to. It's on the radio. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm pretty sure there's one type of grape that grows really well up here. And it's kind of more of a cold climate grape. Hmm. Um, we were talking to a guy at the AG station and he... That's the ag station. Yeah. Door Peninsula Agricultural yep. Station. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, much like cherries, um, the Montessori cherries grow really well here. Um, there's a very specific strain of grape that grows here pretty easily. And I think it's a more cold climate grape. Hmm. Um, I know that... Door Peninsula Winery uses it in a couple of their vintage collection wines that they do. But it, I mean, you, you can't grow uh, multiple varieties up here just because the soil is so different. So I think to, to do this podcast more justice in the future, we should record this while doing the wine tour and just see what our words sound like by the end of the day after we hit every winery up here. We'll do a special, we'll do a special episode where we go and we talk to each one of the wineries, and then by the end, the questions have nothing to do with wine anymore. Or maybe we could go to the Door County Wine Fest this weekend and just sample all day long and record our thoughts right at the end of it. I think that'd probably be really entertaining for the listeners. I agree. You know, there's so many great celebrations of libation up here. I think that we should probably try to get more live audio (laughs) from each one of them. But in any case, if you love wine or you don't know much about Door County Wine and are looking for a place to check it out, uh, Door County Wine Festival this weekend in Sturgeon Bay is probably the most efficient way to get it done. We're going to move on here to our feature this week. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Door County Living Magazine. But before we do that, I thought it might be appropriate to do kind of an overview of some of the different stuff that we handle here at the Pulse office. Um, I certainly didn't know beforehand that the same company that made the Peninsula Pulse had its hand in a bunch of other different stuff. So Miles, can you talk a little bit about some of the other projects that we do and some of the other products that we put out there into the county? Yeah. uh, Well, it all started with the Peninsula Pulse when Dave Elliott, the founder Started it out of a little, fresh out of college. I think he he was probably 23, 24 years old. Fresh out of Lawrence University, started the Peninsula Pulse. And over the years, it's grown into, like you said, so much, so many other different things. He added Door County Living Magazine about 15 years ago. And kind of um, a quarter, that's a quarterly magazine with actually a fifth edition that comes out each year in the philanthropy issue where we celebrate all the people that volunteer throughout the county and also who contribute to uh, the fundraising efforts and and giving back in this community, which is is so vital to this community. So we created a special fifth edition just to highlight that aspect. And then there's the Paperboy, which is a delivery service. Uh, We've got to get the paper out each week. So Dave and at the time, Madeline Johnson had created another company called the Paperboy. Um, So we deliver our paper, but also deliver 
other publications, other flyers and brochures. Uh, we manage and we build, literally build by hand the the rack cards that you see in so many businesses throughout Door County and a lot of posters and all sorts of different materials. We, we handle the delivery for those for a lot of different people and businesses throughout the county. And then uh, Peninsula Filmworks, which uh, we've launched kind of the incubation stage started about five years ago with Brett Kosmeiter, myself and Dave Elliott, because we wanted to get into doing some video work and show Door County in its truest, best light that, that at least our interpretation of that and both highlight the County and market the County, but also tell some honest stories about the, the people that inspire us in Door County. So yeah, that's uh, Peninsula Publishing. It all falls under the Peninsula Publishing and Distribution um, banner. Now, is the Peninsula Pacers side of things a separate or a, how does that kind of yeah, fold into We've everything? got so much going on in here. I, f- I forgot an entire company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Peninsula Pacers started with the Door County Half Marathon and that is owned by Dave Elliott and Brian Fitzgerald. And they started with the Door County Half Marathon 11 years ago and over time have grown that business to also run the Peninsula Century Rides the Door County Beer Festival, the Door County Pond Hockey Tournament, the Hey Hey 5K. And then we also help organize several other events throughout the year, whether it just be pitching in on the Door County Triathlon, the MS Walk, the Fall 50, the Hairpin Run, which is coming up on the 4th of July. It moves back to the 4th. Last year, they moved it off of the 4th of July. And turns out everybody really actually likes starting their 4th of July celebrations by getting a run in in the morning to make up for everything they're going to eat and drink in the afternoon. Right. Then it's guilt-free. There's no calories yeah, if you nothing matters on in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, so the Peninsula Pacers also falls sort of under, it's, it, it all operates out of the same office, um, but the Peninsula Pacers is somewhat separate from Peninsula Publishing and Distribution. So, but all under the same roof. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here in the offices every day. So, Miles, the newest issue of Door County Living Magazine just launched. It's available all over the county as of the recording today. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the inception of the Door County Living Magazine, the format that it takes, you know, every year, uh, and then we can get into kind of what you might expect to see in this week's issue, or in this uh, quarter's issue. Yeah, Door County Living Magazine is kind of like the the glossy version of the Peninsula Pulse, so to speak. Um, launched, I believe it's. 2003, so about 15 years ago. Um, Brad and Sarah Massey had launched that at the time. It quickly got folded into them working with us at the Peninsula Pulse offices in, and eventually um, was bought by Dave Elliott and Madeline Johnson and the Peninsula Pulse kind of took over the magazine. And it's really, um, I mean, the, the kind of the tagline is celebrating the culture and lifestyle of the Door Peninsula. And that's really what we try to do is show a wide breadth of the different ways that people vacation up here and people live up here. And that, that can take a lot of different forms. It's the galleries, but it's also Door County League Baseball. It's um, the characters, but it's also the artists um, and musicians and performers of the peninsula. And we try to get a sprinkle a little bit of almost every different aspect throughout the year into those issues. We cram as much as we can into to every one. And there's usually about anywhere from 17 to 20 feature articles in there. It's kind of like a a coffee table sort of timepiece is how we think of it. It's something that you're going to need to have that sitting on your coffee table for a few months before you actually find the time to dig through every article. So it's a, it's a, a living piece that sits, that lives out there and, and holds up over time. And even if you go back to it three, four years later, it's not full of time sensitive articles. It's got stuff that 
still makes sense years later. Right. And it's not just a collection of Pulse articles. These are, ex- these are exclusive and curated articles for each issue of the magazine, correct? Correct. Yeah. And we, we take a lot of care in our editorial meetings to try and think of what haven't we touched on? What really deserves a greater spotlight? What would play, you know, the same article that goes in the Pulse may not really play as well in the magazine. It, it, it doesn't, for an article to be in the magazine, it's got to lend itself to great photography. So we can send Len Villano out to document it with his eye and the great work that he does. And then, and we got to think about something that's going to, that's going to be worth putting on those pages. And we generally try to find great writers for that. Both, we use a lot of freelancers for that too. And we try to match those writers with a topic that we think they can really dig into and do justice to, um, maybe in a different way than, you know, with the news story week to week, you know, Jim or I or Jackson just has to cover that each week, whether we are interested in that or not. Um, but we feel with the magazine to really tell a story and, and do justice to it, we want to match the writer with something that they're, they're going to be passionate about, or at least that we think they're going to really find an interest in. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about what we can find in this quarter's issue. Can you give us a little background on what the theme was this time around? Well, we don't necessarily, other than our philanthropy issue, that one every every year has we kind of pick a theme that we're going to carve into. With the magazine, it, it doesn't have so much a theme other than the seasons. We try to match it with what what are you going to be thinking about? We want, we want you to pick up that magazine in July and it's going to feel like July. It's going to feel like summer in Door County. And so in this issue, we have a picture of a, a kite border on the, on the cover and just taken off and flying over the water. And I, I love it. I love the cover. I love what Ryan Miller did with, with the artwork there and, and with Len's photo. But I also, I love that it speaks to this different aspect of the summer and it'll probably make a lot of people go, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do that here. Well, kiteboarding um, up here is really big. Really there's, big. There's a dedicated group of people who go out, I mean, as early as, what, end of May? When the, when the even before it gets there, warm. There's now. guys who do it in the winter over the ice now. Right, exactly. Uh, I saw a couple guys doing it on... It was a kiteboard, but they were perched on top of this, like, stick that had another, like, platform above it. So oh, yeah. Yeah, it looked like they were kind of, like, riding around on, like, a big pogo stick, in a way. That's, and it, it, I think it's something called a something foil. Sure. And I can't think of the full um, name of it. And, yeah, I, they were telling me that it, it, it feels like you're hovering. It makes it feel like you're just flying through the air. Um, but... Like you said, kiteboarding isn't something that I saw or thought about outside of Door County. And then I come up here and I see, you know, almost every weekend there's people out with their kites up. Yeah, I mean, well, when we meet, our office in Bailey's Harbor looks over the water um, right next to the marina in Bailey's Harbor. And we see paddleboarders and kayakers all the time. And we see kiteboarders in the summer. When that wind pecks, picks up, those guys go out. They just, they search and wait for that wind. And Bailey's Harbor has some of the best wind in Wisconsin um, for some of these water sports and clam park is a, is a great launching point for most people. Ephraim also, you'll see some guys when the wind's blowing just right guys weaving their way around the sailboats that are moored in Ephraim Harbor, which I, I don't know how they do it, but it's, it's pretty remarkable to watch. And then inside this, the sum, late summer issue, we've also got a story by Ryan Heisey, the egg Harbor village administrator, who's a younger guy who also loves to surf. And he goes out, on the lake side of the peninsula, up by Cana Island and some other spots that he wouldn't reveal. 
Um, doesn't want to give up his breaks, but he goes out surfing up here, especially in the fall. He says the, the fall is a great time to go surfing. So there's a, an incredible photo spread from Len Villano of Ryan Heisey surfing up here. And that's another thing that people just don't realize you can do. Right. I'm excited to check that one out because I don't think surfing when I think water sports up here. No. Um, so I, I definitely want to learn more about that. Um, what are some other articles that we, we looked at this for this one? Um, well, we got, uh, Steve Grussmacher did some work on a, really with pairing some captions with some incredible photography by Len Villano of a series of community murals that have been painted down in Algoma. And they're just big murals on the side of buildings that have been put up in the last few years. It's a community project that highlight a lot of the historical and significant parts of the Algoma community, the Anapian Western Railroad that used to be such a vital connection both for industry and people in in the Algoma, Kiwani area. Um, and then some of the other industries that had taken root there over the years. And they're really beautiful murals. Each artist had a, a story behind them. And if you are going on your way in or out of Door County, it's worth hitting Algoma just to, to check some of those that artwork out. Not to mention Anape Brewery is pretty great. Yeah, Algoma is interesting kind of in general lately. Um, I remember I was down at the Door County Makerspace in Sturgeon Bay talking to some of the younger artists there. And a lot of them are located in Algoma. A bunch of them have friends who are there. It's almost like they're trying to revitalize Algoma and make it this like hip artistic location. Um, wasn't there, didn't they have a train that went through there? Yeah, that was the Anape and Western Railroad. Okay, so that was kind of their their claim to fame. And then after the train service stopped, the town kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, it just kind of slowed down. It lost some of its vitality. And then it also, in recent years, had lost a couple of major um, kind of industrial businesses like Algoma Hardwoods, I I believe, finally shut down. But, yeah, they're they're creating, you know, that that rebirth, that, um, you know, reinventing itself. I was down there. I did a bike ride from Sturgeon Bay to Algoma a couple of weeks ago down the Anape Trail. Um, so the old Anape and Western Railroad is now the Anape Trail, which you can bike or in the winter you could snowmobile. Um, I believe you can take ATVs down there. But it connects Sturgeon Bay actually all the way down to Luxembourg. And it's a great path. It's, it's really fun to ride on it. It's a like a hard pack gravel. And... But we just stopped at a couple of the restaurants and bars along the way in like in tiny little towns like Maplewood. And then we ended up down in Algoma and hit a couple of the restaurants in Algoma. So I could see, oh, there's also a couple of great, like Scallywags is a place that people always talk about in Algoma. I haven't been there yet, but also people have raved about that place. But, you know, it's a it's definitely a little cooler. You know, they say a little cooler by the lake. It's even cooler down in Algoma. Sure. But um, it's a it's a really cool little town to check out. And then uh, a couple other things we got in the magazine in this issue. Um, Sally Slattery, is now Sally Collins, I'm sorry. She was Slattery when she first wrote for us 10 years ago. She's back writing for us again, and she did a feature on Edgewood Orchard Galleries, which is celebrating their 50th anniversary. Um, they're in their third generation running that gallery in the same family. And it's just beautiful grounds there. It's also one of the... I'd say foremost gallery spaces in the county um, in terms of hosting artists and just the whole look of the place is just kind of a, an iconic part of it. And that family dates to kind of that 70s, late 60s era of artists who really transformed and made Door County an arts destination. Your Aurelius's, your Emerson's, DeWitt, 
nor Bly had come up here at the same time. And there's, there's many more Dietrich, um, Chick Peterson, that era is so important to making Door County what it is today, especially from the art side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I say my piece, I just want to make sure the Edgewood, that's the gallery right across from Peninsula Players Road, right? That's it. It's on Peninsula Players Road. Okay, yep. cool. I've been to Edgewood a couple times. In Inside, the pieces that they have are awesome, but there's sculpture garden that you can walk around. Just walking Phenomenal. around. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of the coolest places. Um, you can't miss it when you're going down or up uh, 42 it's the one with like the big horses, the big right. horse sculptures, which I've always enjoyed as I'm going up and down the main road there. But I was coming out of a pen player show the other night uh, with my lights on and turning right in front of them. They, they're they spooky at night because they're just <laughs> big animals that yeah. you're like driving through. Um, but those things are really cool. The whole sculpture garden, every time I go, they've got new stuff and it's all beautiful and interesting. They bring in a bunch of different artists to bring in all sorts of different uh, pieces. It, it's really cool. I definitely check it out if you haven't. Yeah, Edgewood is a great one. And the story that Sally wrote really does a nice job of showing that that family connection that runs through that place. And um, like so many other people, it was sort of a happenstance thing where um, the, the current owner's grandmother just saw this beautiful property and decided they were going to buy it. Didn't know what they were going to do with it, but just bought it and sat on it for a few years and then finally started this gallery in this old barn. Um, in addition to that, there's also a feature done by Jackson Parr and Sean Zock, where they explore the history uh, and the popularity of kind of like private pilots up here who okay. use the, the three different airports. There's the Cherryland Airport down in Sturgeon Bay, the Ephraim Gibraltar Airport, kind of right in Ephraim Gibraltar, and then uh, the Washington Island Airport, which I guess they found out is incredibly popular amongst pilots. It's like a lot of pilots, it's one of their favorite small community airports. It's a, it's a grass runway, and they have a big fly-in up there every year. The, the pilots up here do a good job of trying to um, interest young flyers and young kids in, in flying. So they do this fly-in where they I believe they take some of the, the young kids up in the plane and show them around. And it really is, if you ever, ever get a chance to do it, I've done it once with my brother, which made me really, really nervous. But just flying over the county, it just looks, it changes your whole impression of what Door County is. To see it from up high, it kind of, especially in the summertime, it'll look like a like a Caribbean island in an ocean from, from above. So I would recommend if, if anyone gets a chance to, to do that, do it. And then uh, that series of articles by Sean Zock and, and Jackson Parr, you, you learn a lot about um, the people who fly here, the pioneers who kind of made it a destination for that. That's interesting. Um, Brett and I, we went out and got our UAV licenses so that we could fly drones for Peninsula Filmworks. And I've seen the county from above. And like you said, it's totally different and breathtaking, but we can only go up like 400 feet. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine going up in a plane and flying over the county and seeing what that's like. I mean, I've, I've flown out of, uh, Green Bay before, but nothing, you know, over here. Um, I've heard, uh, lots of stories about the smaller pilots up here, um, or even just, you know, clicking through Google maps and, and sussing out where things are, seeing all these little runways all throughout the county and being like, oh, that's an airport. Oh, there's one. Um, it's cool. I'm, I'm going to check that article out too. I've always, uh, I've always wanted like, um, Fox or, or CBS or Monday night football when they're in Green Bay doing a game at Lambeau to just send that blimp or send somebody up and do a flyover and just do like a 15 or 20 second snippet over Door County. And cause I think like getting that to that national TV audience and just flying over it and saying something like, and this is the Door Peninsula just North of Green Bay. I bet you there are, if you haven't been to Wisconsin, 
most people don't know that Green Bay is right near this incredible body of water and that there's this great little destination right off the, the tip of it. So yeah, I would think that would be great for a business up here. So the Door County Living Magazine is available everywhere throughout Door County now. If you see it in a restaurant, pick it up. Um, I get mine delivered to my house because I live in Egg Harbor. So I get to read every issue of The Pulse and the magazine, you know, every week. Dave also puts one on my desk every week or every time <laughs> it comes out. Um, I don't think he knows that I get it at home too. But, you know, the more the merrier, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's all those articles we talked about, plus uh, at least a dozen more in there. Um, some great recipes in there, some interviews with a lot of uh, important and interesting people in Door County. And like you had mentioned before, Len Villano's photography takes Phenomenal. kind of a center stage in these magazines, and, yeah. and it's really great. I mean, you get a good feeling for them on the Pulse website and as our, from our Pulse picks on our Facebook page, but they really, really shine in print in here. Um, there's no way you're going to pick up this magazine without learning something new about Door County. So if you love Door County and love to be the guy who knows stuff, pick up the magazine. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me, Miles. Always enjoy it. I will see you next week. See you next week, Andrew.